This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. The topic is Atlantis. Who doesn't like Atlantis? I've mentioned Atlantis a couple times, and I have the, uh, it, it, it keeps cropping up for me in different ways. I think the most interesting has been past life regression. And I was about to say, I was going through a phase, but I think my entire life has been this ongoing phase. Sort of one of those things where you see, you know, you're looking through a newspaper and you see an ad and you you think, oh, I'll go check that out. Or it's like, oh, that looks interesting. But not in the sense of... uh, like say, like say for me, it's, it seemed very creative and imaginative and interesting. And right away I was thinking, story, right? Oh, here's a story. And I'm, I'm often ending up doing that. I'll see something and I'll go, oh, I'd like to check this out because this might sort of help with writing. <laughs> So, I, uh, I was, I, and too, I was doing a bunch of stuff like that around that time, and uh, one of them was going to a fortune teller, and that was weird because it was uh, at a, it, it used to be this pet shop, this weird pet shop where they had, like it was quite dark inside, and they had fish in um, aquariums. And strange, because the, the lights on the aquari- in the aquariums were on, but nothing else was lit. So you'd go in, and it would be these, these sort of strange alien prison cells. Quite large fish, too. But that place went out of business, and so the new business was, for a little while, was a fortune teller. And that was interesting. I was doing music at the time, a garage band. I was playing bass and doing some vocals. I think, yeah, we all shared that, the vocals. And. Another time I did uh, sensory deprivation. It was like a, this, I don't know exactly what they call it. It was like a flotation tank, a really salty water. And the idea is that you float and um, you're cut off from your senses, right? So you're, that's the hope. So, yeah. So it was around the time of doing that that stuff. And... So I, I did... I went to this past life regression 
and I can't remember the exact um, certification <laughs> for, uh, for this person, but they had an office, and there was a desk. I'm trying to remember if there was something like a couch or something. No, I don't think so. I think it was just like, you know, a chair facing the desk, and then a chair behind the desk. And it wasn't, it wasn't new age or anything. It seemed very professional. And I'm trying to remember, again, I'm trying to remember the, uh, I remember the logo. The logo was kind of like a, a gate that is lowered, you know, just before the drawbridge. But I went in and it was this, started off with a guided visualization. We're in a forest, get to a, a door in a tree, which was cool. And I've, I've used that. And then from there we go on to there's this flight of stairs like it's not a flight it's what is it called um, the circular stairs in it like in a tower and that this leads to various places and then finally being guided guided along talking about past lives uh, and and right away, I st I started like for me, it was imaginative, and that's how I was looking at everything and going kind of like say how you do dream analysis or even uh, art therapy, which is where you sit down with these pictures and then you start to sort of discuss the meaning. Well, why did you just you know why did you choose to draw or paint this? So at the end of this session, uh, there's there's this moment of you know okay like we've discussed the uh, the past life or I think it was our past life. And then finally we, and you might be asking, it's like, what was the past life? But we're talking about Atlantis. At the end of this session, uh, we get, like say, I'm, I'm instructed, okay, you know, let's go, let's go to Atlantis, da 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 da, what does it look like? And I must have, <laughs> I must have gone to, like say, to before Atlantis or after Atlantis because it was a dive it was just barren this barren island and there were a bunch of caves on the island and I've totally used this in writing uh, or even say exploratory writing uh, and, and two it's it sort of like uh, the this this person I'm trying to remember the exact name of it's not it's not exactly like a hypnotherapist but something along those lines is sort of probing at at the end of the session and I think it was for them 
that they have the, their own preoccupation with Atlantis and that at every one, at every ending of these sessions that uh, uh, she would uh, ask, right? So that's her preoccupation, right? I, I have this opportunity to, you know, inquire about Atlantis. Um, and uh, uh, for me as well, uh, say, you know, the psychological, like looking at this as a reflection, uh, that it made a lot of sense, it made a lot of sense at that time. Uh, it still makes a lot of sense. But for me, what I like is that I like the contrast of there's this lost place that, uh, that has this value. Uh, it, it has sunken beneath the surface. And there's uh, some guys doing roofing on the street where the, the, uh, the crazy crow is. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering how that's going. <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. So, roofing, renovations, crows. There was a, there was a note of disappointment in this, uh, you know, past life regression uh, guide that they didn't like hearing, you know, what I was saying when I came back, you know, that, that I had imagined or, you know, my subconscious, unconscious is offering up this perspective that's contrary to what they're hoping for, that I'm going to be sort of like this conduit, this access for them so that they can, uh, in, in a sense, that this guide can actually get there, go to that place. So I, I left. Uh, I found it interesting, but I didn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, some kind of lightning bolt and, uh, you know, suddenly, you know, your life has changed because you've, you've had this thing happen. And too, like I said, uh, that for me, it's, it's an expression of, you know, my experiences, my life versus something supernatural, uh, which partly seems to be the hope. I really find it uh, nice when somebody's speaking of the psychological, but when somebody's talking about, you know, that it's a place you can actually go, or that building it into something that, say, for me, in my experience, is it is not. And... And, and and yet I, I'm you know still circling round back to that uh, to that place, and I'm still using it in writing as a way to explore my own psyche and our psyche. Right.
So Atlantis. I think I mentioned in another episode too that, that of this podcast thing that I had taken a first first level first um, a class in archaeology and. One of the components, one of the classes had to do with talking about uh, Santorini, this island in Greece that still is a volcano, but that it it erupted thousands of years ago and that it, it had a civilization. And it's it's in the Mediterranean. It's it's great too. It's a tourist spot and there's lots of photos of people going to Santorini and taking these awesome pictures of sunsets, I think it is. And it's uh the usual white painted buildings with these blue roofs. And it's an example of something that has existed in, you know, sort of sitting there considered as a myth, but with, uh, with the archaeology and also, but with the geology, you know, looking at the explosion, figuring out when it was, that it creates... It, it just really looks like, you know, a- after you go through enough. And two, I just, I was spent like maybe an hour, like one class talking about this. With a, with a bit of sort of setup, and then, you know, then the next class talking about it as well. And that's something I was, I was quite keen on. I was quite keen on the mythology part of it, because going into the class, and to, I didn't expect that we would go there, but that's, that's what we did. I like that phrase too, you know, that when you have a, a conversation, it's like, did, so, did you go there? Oh yeah, we totally went there. That, uh, that the topic, the discussion, becomes a place. And it sort of feels like that. You kind of dwell, like when you're dwelling on a subject, a topic. Uh, it could even be a historical figure. Uh, even, even in creating a work of fantasy, you spend time there, in a sense. You're putting your, your brain at work, um, imagining being there, talking with characters that don't exist... And I'm just remembering the, the fervor of fans of uh, Sherlock Holmes. You know, and, and you know, so many other fans that, that become, it becomes such a big part of their life that uh, they, they demand, they demand more. They have this, uh, 
imagined relationship with a person, a place. For some reason I'm thinking of, say, an Elvis or some kind of performance that's done and that the actor, in a way, they start to be become. There's this blurring of who you are and the difficulty of being that person, this sort of unreal character. And then to the, you know, the, the death of these performers who have, in, in a way, lived, like even their life was a performance, that they couldn't just put it down, right? That they're always in character. Okay, switching gears now back to Atlantis the character of Atlantis. Just on a side note too, no crow attacks, so that's a good thing. I'm not sure if we're gonna have like a, you know, say, you know, generations of this particular crow family that are, uh, they sort of go berserk when anybody's around their uh, their nest. Unlike most of the other crows who are just sort of up in the treetops, cawing. Right, so back on track here. Uh, Atlantis. And... So I've talked about the past life thing. Uh, and the, the disappointment of my psychopomp, my, my guide, into the underworld. Uh, and, and to my own disinterest with, with, the, uh, with the notion of that it's a real thing. My, that my preoccupation is with this uh, fantastical. You know, that's, uh, I'm not interested in the real. Which might sort of lend to thinking about, uh, oh, but Moss, that's the supernatural. But I really make a distinction there. Okay, so, well, but final thought on the distinction stories. That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in stories. Okay, so the story of Atlantis. So we're talking about, I think how it goes is Socrates, his student, tells the story of Socrates, who had, I think it's as a child, Socrates had heard an Egyptian priest. So it's this kind of transmission that's happening, that one, one person is transmitting the story to another person. So it's not like Plato is sitting here going, all right, let, you know, I'm going to tell you the story you know, that I'm inventing, but rather, you know, this is a story I heard from you know, my teacher, and my teacher heard it from this other guy. So I quite, I quite like that. I like, I like the fact that it's, it's this recounting um, 
it's a bit too close to, uh, I heard it from a friend of a friend. Um, I don't know about you, but right away, for me, that sort of, it starts to break down. It's like the telephone game, where you're sitting in a, I think it's a circle, and, you know, you start off, one person starts off with telling the next person, uh, the next person something, and then, and then as it, it's conveyed in this circle, and then when it gets back to you, it ought to be different. Playing this game and games like this with my childhood friend Corby Cuff, he would, he, he delighted in, in, you know, twisting it and making it even more just... <laughs> so, it would be something like, sort of say, that he would insist that we had to, go, we had to do it again. And, like, sort of, it wasn't enough for him. So he's like, okay, we have to do it one more time uh, to have things sort of shift and change. I've argued elsewhere that oral traditions, you know, say they, they may change over time, but they contain this kernel of truth that is carried along. Like, say, that the value or the purpose of the story is uh, is conveyed. I, I think that's sort of getting closer to, what is it, the, the message is the medium, the medium is the message. Which, which means that it's in the, that the actual message is the telling of the story. And so that's a bit of a twist. Right. So back to the story. So Plato uh, recounts the story. Recounts this recounted story. And it has to do with... Is it, there was a civilization. Uh, they were judged by the gods, or a god... And um, were punished. The punishment had to do with that they were this island, and, and great descriptions of this what, what this city, what this uh, island looked like. It had uh, canals, these circular canals. And there was a there was a temple to Poseidon uh, at the at the center, or sort of like center, but sort of off to the side of the center. Anyways, that's a clue there. Um, the struggle that was going on had to do with um, Athens. And their deity is Athena. So it has to do with... Uh, and, and sort of, I'm extending it, that there's, say, two tribes, and that their conflict is revealed through the, the deities. Athens wins, so 
uh, Athena wins. And so the tribe of Athena and then the, the tribe of Poseidon are um, punished or defeated. If you're looking at it and going, it's like, well, well, really, though, it, it blew up. And it's kind of thinking of sort of the ultimate justification, right? You, you find out that you're, you know, the, the other tribe that you've been sort of always having trouble with, you know, that they've been um, destroyed. And two, you know, they've, they've destroyed themselves, right? It's not an act of nature. Uh, you know, this cataclysm, this is, this is, right, this is supernatural. This, these are deities. Um, and one deity has, has defeated another deity. Or in the sense of, say, like, say, like a court of law, that it's, it's been decided that, you know, these, these people have gone too far, so they have to be punished. I'm, I, I'm, I might be mixing my myths, these stories, but I, I thought that, like say, I had read the story of Medusa and that she had been, something like she had been raped in the temple of Athena, that it was something like, um, either a representative of Poseidon or Poseidon himself had uh, raped Medusa. And that uh, Medusa herself is punished for this. I think I, I think I did an episode talking about Medusa or... Uh, but I was sort of questioning this and just sort of like, what? And... It had to do that it, it, this occurred in, in, the, in the temple. So not so much that she was a priestess, uh, but that it was in the temple. And then so she's punished for this. And I, myself, you know, I, I don't like it. I don't understand it. But I have this sort of connection in my thought that, that this is why uh, Atlantis is destroyed. So this is something to go and look up. Like, say, it might be a bit of um, retcon that, uh, you know, people who are making myths have sort of connected the dots uh, later. It's it's a weird thing, too, because all of this um, fantastic, this literature of fantasy, these myths, um, that they're invented. These are concoctions of, of people and created to explain, uh, to help, right? Uh, to, but also there's a, an, an entertainment value. So this is basically, it's a tragedy, really. So why on earth would my I'm getting to use psychopomp <laughs> again why why would why would this uh, hypnosis guide uh, that i I go to 
past life regression, why on earth would they want to go back to uh, Atlantis? Why would they want to hear about it? To visit it, if it is this place, if, if it is this terrible place. And as I'm speaking about it, I'm sort of thinking about my own imagining of it and relating it to this person uh, you know, who's asking me about Atlantis and I'm saying, it's a terrible place you know, it's awful, it's empty, there's no life there, there's, it's just, you know, some caves and too there's a sort of volcanic quality, that's what I remember and too, I'm sort of elaborating because I've I've continued to write about that place um, here and there. Sort of, I'll be thinking about it, sort of going, wondering, saying, "Well, how many caves are on that island? And what do the what are the meanings of the caves? Like, do the caves actually go down to somewhere? Is is there a lost city civilization at the bottom of the caves?" sort of a Lovecraftian prehistorical thing. Alright. Perfect timing. Somebody starts weed whacking, weed eater, and it's time to go down to the other street. So no crow. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing too it's the uh, the guys who are doing the roofing, changing these roof tiles. I don't know about where you live, but here we have this mix of, uh, I want to say Mediterranean, like a terracotta roof tiles. Terracotta, this sort of reddish, almost like a brick color. Probably the same thing, really. But, uh... So, that, yeah, so there's these roof tiles versus shingles. And... It's a bit of, uh... It's a bit of east, east, east meets west. Um... Part of it, I'm not sure. I'm, I wonder about it. It's like, do the which which is better for this type of weather? Uh, because the the terracotta tiles, roof tiles, um, they have. It looks like they have a bit of air underneath them, a bit of gap, a gap. Whereas the shingles are very flat. And so, again, I'm, yeah, I'm wondering. It's like, hmm. How often do you have to change either? Because I know shingles, it's something like, I don't know, every 10 years or something. Okay, all right. This place, Atlantis. So, uh, so these are sort of heady kind of um, for me, it felt, say, like I was on the sort of the cusp or the threshold of uh, 
you know, is, is this person like seriously into this? Like, do they go all the way with it as a kind of like a, what is it called? There used to be a, a kind of spiritualist medium. There have been a number that have written about Atlantis. I've only taken a cursory look. My mind really... My mind goes to sleep when I, when I look at, at these people writing about this stuff. And To me, what it is is that they're writing about this imagined place. That there's... Um, that that it exists not physically, right? So you can't actually go there. Like, say, if they went to Santorini, they would be more attempting to get closer to the idea of the place rather than the actual place. Like, say, when I say to you, oh, yeah, you can totally go to Atlantis. It's called Santorini now, and you can, you can go there. The story that Plato was telling that, you know, apparently he heard Socrates talking about and had who had overheard this Egyptian priest. Yeah, you can actually go to that place anytime. And, uh, you, you know, you can check out there's remnants of that civilization. And, and you go, whoa, excellent. And you go there, bound for disappointment because it's not this thing that you're imagining that uh, that we've built up so we'll just go through a couple the the Walt Disney I think it's Disney did an animation this uh, adventure film animated adventure film of going to Atlantis and it was the Atlantis that you know say like say I, I would go you know yeah that's that's the sort of the fantasy of Atlantis, which is it's either underwater or it yeah actually it's usually it's it's underwater sometimes it's sort of comes up above the surface we even we even got sort of a a taste of it in um, the stargate spin off uh Stargate Atlantis, where they go to the South Pole. And then they find this city. I'm trying to remember if it's a buried city. But uh, I don't know about you, but I thought, after everything, I thought it would have been way cooler if the city was still at the South Pole, at Antarctica. And I understood why they did what they did. You know, they basically turned the city into a spaceship and that was cool but it it left earth and yeah for some reason that it was sort of for me it was like kind of over <laughs> i'm just talking here i'm just thinking so so that's a, a current um example stargate atlantis there, ha there are sort of hotel resorts that have been stylized like this. Kind of, um, I've got an idea. Let's have a component of our hotel that's underwater, right? Or it sort of seems to be. 
So you can have fish, you know, swimming overhead on the ceiling. To, you know, to invoke this feeling. I think both comic books, the big comic books, um, Marvel and DC, have had underwater uh, examples, like for Aquaman, and then for uh, the Submariner. Submariner? Submariner? Namor? And movies, I'm thinking of, say, like, say, going back, 1950s movies. Um, I remember there was one that was uh, talking about that there was this red gem, this giant red jewel that was sort of a power source, and that this, this is what destroyed Atlantis this red gem and how it was used. And then there was, say, suggestions like, we shouldn't use this red gem. I think it had to do something... I think the analogy was uh, nuclear power. And, it, and this was a... This was a way to argue against it or argue for concern... You know, like, you know, um, we shouldn't use it too much. Something like that. But it was a great example of how fantasy, how SFF, or science fiction even, can, can be used to critique. So say, you know, it might be difficult to talk, to, talk about, or say you want to talk to the whole audience and to have this theme being argued thesis, antithesis, synthesis right yeah so so yeah so we do this thing and just having a memory slowly coming back of watching 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And so that's Jules Verne, uh, French, French writer. And he's talking about... And dude, there was a Walt Disney uh, movie made of this. And... Um, I'm trying to think if there have been other versions. I'm sure there have been. I definitely heard a audiobook of it, this abridged audiobook. Great sound effects. And they go down to the bottom of the sea where there's so they go down and uh, there's a remnant of Atlantis down there. And we don't get mermaids. Uh, we don't get people, you know, living, uh, that they've sort of figured out a technology um, that is going to help them survive under the ocean. It seemed in the 1960s that there was a number of them. I have this memory of a number of films that have done this.
And of course, books. There have been a number of books. I remember reading one where it, it, it started off quite interesting and then veered off into the supernatural. And uh, I remember being disappointed. And to what? And to it wasn't. This, it wasn't the sort of supernatural like the paranormal. It was the supernatural of the, of the religious. So you're going along, and then the, you know, sort of they hit you at the end with, uh, the religion. So. But c'est la vie. That's it. You know, that's that's what it's about. What's about? Uh, reading, reading. Like say. Uh, but also, say, my critique there would be for a bit of false advertising. Saying it's one thing and then it turns into another thing. So, I guess the last thing to say on that, on, say, the literature, has to do with... J.R.R. Tolkien having this these nightmares about this island uh, civilization. People are there, and it sinks. I'm just thinking, too, that it could be also that he's attaching... Like, he lived, he lived on an island. Uh, the uh, England. Um, the British Isles. But... England in particular, that it was an island, so uh, if Atlantis could sink, so could England. An interesting, possibly say unconscious, uh, fear that, you know, here you are, you're part of this empire, the British Empire, uh, and yet it's, let's say, as it rises, it's also falling. Okay. So, we are wrapping, moving into the wrapping up of Atlantis. I guess the place to go would be I'm still interested in this person, this uh, past life regressionist, this uh, guide, and I remember leaving and, and thinking, why did she do that at the end? Like, because it wasn't, it, it was this weird thing of, you know, we're talking about one thing, but then we go off and do the other. And I, and I very much had a sense of that this was, this was her thing, right? But I remember too, it was, okay, now let's go to Atlantis. And sort of, of all of the places, right, of all of the mythological places that, uh, like and and 
you know, this is of course years later in my critique of, you know, and now let's go to Santorini in Greece. And it's like that is not what is being talked about. Right? We're talking about this fantasy place that, you know, maybe it's Santorini, but that's not part of the discussion. And I, I'm now I'm just sort of unpacking it. For, for this person, for this guide, that they see Atlantis as a kind of nexus place, a kind of paradise where all of these past lives crisscross. And, and here's me elaborating. I'm sort of saying that this is the desire, this is, this is the fantasy of uh, the person, you know, this guide. And the notion is, I will, I will take you to this place, I will sort of guide you to this, through this visualization, this imagining, I will guide you along. And, and just to say about guided visualization, it's, it's along the lines of, I, I mentioned the, the tree with the door, but it would be something like, I think that that actually is a disservice, and it would, be, it would have been better if it was more natural. Maybe, maybe the notion is that, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to create something that is obviously not real, right? We're going to suggest something. Uh, it is it is fantasy. It's fantastical. A door in a tree. Uh, dreamlike, yes. You know, this is dream logic. Doors are rarely in trees. <laughs> so this is me. I'm sort of like going, yeah, but wouldn't it be better if it was kind of like a, a cairn, C-A-I-R-N, or a cave. A cairn is, is a bunch of stones put together. I think it's for burial. But a cave would even be better. You know, you're walking through a forest and you see a cave. I've tried, I've tried writing second person. So what is that? The second person is you. You, 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 you. And then it's present tense. And I've tried this and it's an, it has an interesting effect. And uh, it does have this sort of hypnotic quality. I've noticed it in Choose Your Own Adventures. Uh, it's, like say, if you read it, you're reading a story and suddenly it addresses you that all of a sudden there's this sort of connection, right? Suddenly it becomes a bit personal. I remember it from playing uh, role-playing games. You know, you, you find yourself standing outside of a, of a dungeon. Uh, outside of it is a large red dragon. What do you do? So that's Dungeons and Dragons. But we, we get to this place. So, you know, my guide, uh, I'm imagining it. I'm relaying what I am imagining and uh, what my unconscious is offering up.
The language is not there, unfortunately. I wish the language had been there. That, say, we're talking about the psyche. But right from the beginning, when, when we're talking about past life regression, you know, that... <laughs> I, th- I think that, you know, of course, that, that's, that's the cue, right? That you, you, that's the discussion. You're not talking about your psyche. You're talking about uh, a notion that there are lives before and after. Basically, reincarnation. You know, that's 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 what the discussion is. And two, there, I'm completely. I fall off my chair. I'm just like what. You know, uh, but also I'm I'm curious, and I'm wanting to. Uh, you know, apparently I'm wanting to check it out. Atlantis. Last last stuff to say about Atlantis. So. My Atlantis, <laughs> my Atlantis is a not hospitable, uh, difficult place. I'm just imagining somebody else comes in and they say, oh, oh, it's like, it's like Egypt and Babylon and, you know, the steppe pyramids of Mesoamerica, but better. It's all gold, and on and on and on. So who's right? Uh, and and two, the person goes on to talk about how, you know, that they are a king or queen, and then they have, you know, all of this gold and jewelry, and uh, people are treating them so well, right? They have, they're so wealthy, and it's a luxury. I'm just imagining, of, like, say, or rather remembering people talking about their past life and the critique of that, that uh, why is it that everybody is a king or queen in, in Egypt or something like that? Uh, is, you know, is it that all of these people shared the same life? You know? I was Cleopatra. Uh, and to the wonderful uh, gender flip there, you know, do you get, do you get guys coming in and saying that? Is it very specific? Is reincarnation very specific? I'm sorry, you can only be right. X, Y, and Z. But we're talking about Atlantis, so. So yeah, so my Atlantis, my Atlantis is is not the desired Atlantis. My my Atlantis is not this eternal place. And and I think that's what it is: is that that these pe- people are going for a that that for them, that's how they're getting. And to I'm bringing in my own kind of 
you know, Jungian leanings that uh, it's this the center, right? For them, this psychological center. This it's their psyche. They're getting to this central point. Uh, they're encountering the self, capital S. They're having this transcendent experience. But why not use that language uh, to communicate? Why shroud it in mystery and dress it up and saying, you know, that it's spiritual or that it's uh, supernatural? And two, say you might be on board. You might be on board with this. But my criticism, ultimately, is that there's the potential for extremism. I wonder, I wonder if it's the opposite. I wonder if, if psychology also has the potential for the extreme. Like, you know, that it just it doesn't matter which side you're on and it just has to do with people. Right. So the imagined city. I quite like it. I've used it. I still use it. I've positioned my... Uh, I, ha- I have an eternal city in my fantasy world. And I've, yeah, I've positioned it uh, at... In, in, in the center of an ocean. So it's on an island. And... There is a quality of being lost, uh, being sunken, sunken beneath, say, perception, sunken beneath the, you know, it's in the subconscious. It's not just about finding it on a map. You have to sort of find it within yourself. So there is a quality uh, to Atlantis that I, that I am and that I have pursued, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not saying that it is something for me that it is not I'm just having a kind of argument <laughs> going on inside that that doesn't that doesn't help with ending uh, talking. Let Atlantis sink again into the ocean of the mind. So we have we have five minutes. And I recommend it. I recommend writing about it. I recommend imagining, like say, what is it for you? And how do you see yourself there? And but also thinking about the, the contrasts that you are going to see this, imagine this differently than everybody else. And yet, what does it say that you know that we can imagine such a thing and go to a place? Recently, um, I experimented with writing about uh, Talon or Tlun, spelled capital T-L-O with an umlaut, so the two dots over top, and then N. And that was 
written about by Jorge Luis Borges. And so I, I found myself writing about a place that doesn't exist. And, and yeah. But it, what was the difference? I think it was sort of, say, being conscious of the fact that it didn't exist. So that was the difference. So you're there, but you know that it's fantasy. You know that it's illusion. So why do that? I think it has to do, even with, even with the reason, like say, why did I go to that place? Why did I sit? And why did I listen to this person? And they're guiding me to somewhere that doesn't exist. And what, what is it that I walk away with? Perhaps it's a sense of that there's more than that there is another life that we lead, an imagined life, a life within. <laughs> and it's, it's something I can imagine has happened for a million years that we go to the shaman we go to the the witch doctor the witch right we go to the the wise person in the village we go to the and two just to sort of back up a bit which is from which is a word uh, comes from the word wise and uh, so it used to mean something in Old English and was transformed with the arrival of uh, Christianity. So the, the wise person was no longer wise, and instead it was the, the priest uh, from the foreign religion, which, though, has now become the religion of uh, choice. Is that true? <laughs> Anyways, you know what I mean. Just thinking that my my ancestors, or some of them, would be sort of looking up and going, "Sort of, what are you talking about?" All right, so Atlantis, what it is, what it is not. It's a strange thing too, because it it is not. It doesn't exist. And yet it does. We have used it. We have used it to make things. To tell stories. And often the stories have to do with danger, uh, corruption, power. Um, people who are not... I think the ultimate criticism in Plato's story is that it's about people who are not following 
like who are living debauched lives. They're not being good human beings. And what, but into by debauched, I'd like to add to be specific. Um, in sort of my thinking, it has to do with uh, treating how we're treating other people, and um, basically a kind of caste or class system where we have, yeah, uh, where there are people who are uh, being abused. And so let's see. Basically just not being a human being. And, and the ultimate would be, say, violence, right? Violence against uh, other people. So it, I guess that's my ultimate criticism, is uh, if it's such a bad place, why go there? Unless, unless, you're, unless you're involved in critiquing it, and unless you're sort of going, okay, this horrible place, which was my experience. Like, say, I went, you know, I imagined this island, I went there. I imagined this island, it was horrible. It was lifeless. You know, I, the viewer, was the only person there. It was a terrible place to be. So, in my reading, I look at it as actually quite valuable. Sort of if you're saying, say, that this is my psyche, and that this kind of lifelessness and lack, um, kind of wasteland quality to it. But, you know, say, but, oh... Oh, Moss, you weren't really there. I mean, that's not the real Atlantis. The real Atlantis, you know, has this beautiful jewel, and it's a lovely place where everybody is rich and famous. And, and so, you know, for me, it's, for me, it's a difficult translation. Because somebody else is going to have that. They're going to talk about Atlantis in that sense, uh, in this utopic sense rather than my dystopic <laughs> bringing it bringing it back home we're done okay uh thanks for listening <laughs>